Yo, so Mac's not gonna get drug tested? Come on now. Mac man's Jones. doing seven forties. No, not Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac McClung, my guy. Oh. Nah, bro, because you look at his highlights. He's been doing that shit from the beginning. Yeah. I, I told you when I sent you that text to bet on him, I was like, man, I've been watching this kid's highlights for like seven years. Second most YouTube highlights to just Zion Williamson whenever he and was he's coming a town out. over from you. Yeah, he, li- he literally went to school 20 minutes away. Like, beat Allen Iverson's uh, all-time career scoring record in high school. Beat J.J. Reg- Reddick's state championship record uh, for points scored. Like, dude's insane. Like, I He's just smooth. I had like, no so doubt smooth. he was winning. Well, not even that, but you're in a dunk contest, and he is a six-foot-two white boy. Everything you do will look more impressive because no one expects it. It's 100% true. What's up, everybody? We're back in here with the Pro Football Pod. You've got the boys here, Austin, Coach. You got yourself here, Hulk. We're all just hanging out here. First week without football, so you know we're kind of getting back into the groove of things. How was your How was your week? Did you enjoy the XFL? How was that for oh. you guys? Oh yeah, XFL was crazy. Too bad they're uh, forget who it was. The Battle Hawks? No, 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 no. The the DC. Commanders? The D- are they the Commanders, <laughs> too? Wait, are they no. The, no, Defenders. No, defenders. defenders. The DC <laughs> Defenders the fucked it all up for me. In the XFL. Yeah, straight up. I, yeah, I hit, I hit three out of the four teams for the XFL. I, I can't start watching it yet. I feel like I'm cheating on the NFL. Like, you know, like doing it on the side. I'm, I'll give it a couple weeks, and then I'm going to need it. Like, I start watching it and it I just get nothing but like preseason football vibes from it. Mm. And I mean it's not bad, it's football. But I would rather watch like a D two college football game that's a rivalry versus like an XFL game where dudes are like I don't know, they're not necessarily playing as a team as much because really they're just trying to make a name from themselves, which I get. Like I completely understand. But the product sucks. For me, if the product can improve over college football, where it's at least pros playing pros and like it's obvious that they are at the peak physical and that they are a little bit faster, as long as it's a step between the two. If it's not, though, it's going to be really disappointing and it's probably just going to make me watch college football in the regular season and just like not watch the XFL. Regular football will be on during that time. True. Very true. But only on Saturdays. That's when we watch college football. See, that's where... I would love for the XFL to do- adopt like the NFL Europe style. And I think that's what would help help the XFL become more of a successful league is if they become an actual like stopgap for guys, you know, that essentially that's what it is now, but be team affiliated. So you have exactly. a team affiliated like with it, the It's Dolphins, like a farm league. A farm like, system, exactly. Like in, in minor league baseball. I love like exactly. the, the St. Lucie Mets are waiting to try to go up to the big leagues. Like that's what NFL they're there for. NFL Europe was awesome. There were so many dudes that came. Kurt Warner played in NFL Europe. Like it's, it's just better because you still have the NFL coaching so and you're running NFL systems versus the XFL where you're just – literally picking these coaches up off the street that just decide, Hey, I, I'll, I'll coach. I mean, so shit, each... they got Heinz Ward though. Like they got some people coaching in the XFL. So you're saying like each team would basically 
have their own farm team that, that would be yeah, practice uh, squad NFL players. Team. You know, the well, people the way, that can't even make the practice squad, really. Like, that's what it is. The way I see it now is if you have eight teams in the XFL, you can have each division, like the AFC East has a certain team. And then each team has eight to ten players that they have uh, affiliated with them on that team. And it's treated like a practice squad. Like, they can get signed to another pro roster if another team is willing to sign them. But you're getting game action out of these guys instead of them just sitting in practice and you're just seeing what they have every now and then. You might get a glimpse. It's just hard. The stadium. Sorry, Austin. Where they practice doesn't need to be. It can be like how it is in baseball where it's they go vacation there. Like, it's spring. I don't see the the Patriots and the Dolphins trying to share a roster to the point where like they're gonna let their players co-mingle it's... and be like, oh yeah, don't worry about Jim. Jim's okay. Like, nah, fuck that shit, dude. I don't think I think that they're way too competitive. <laughs> but like the way rally. the Cowboys go out and practice in California, like they could have their team over there. Well, also that's how they did it in NFL Europe. Like you'd have like Germany's roster, but they would have different guys from different teams that they were affiliated with. Like you might have a Titans player, a Rams player and a Dolphins player on the same team. And they're just hoping to showcase their skills and get signed to the actual roster. I think and this the 49ers, is, 49ers, eh? they could have really used a quarterback, you know, this is one of the most up. exciting things that's going to happen to the NFL in the next couple of years is that they are trying to expand the actual NFL rosters. They're, they're trying to work something up. And seeing how they do it, because they look at how popular it is. I mean, this XFL is not the only one. AFL or uh, a USFL, USFL, something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's another league that's popping up this year, and it's not even affiliate. Like, it's impressive. Wait, has what that other organizations been around? Are I think that this might be their second year. It Maybe is. they did it last they, year. Is that they did it last is year? Is that the Rocks uh, League? Uh, no, the Rocks League's the XFL. Okay, XFL. Yeah, the U.S. How long have they been I around? This just they were they XFL's came back last year. Less than five. Yeah, came back. XFL yeah, because they they right before year. COVID, uh, XFL came back right before COVID or something, and then well, like they failed, that, and then yeah, they had to yeah. come back again. Yeah, this is the Rock's first year with the XFL. Now, that for those of those uh, those of us looking for some NFL talk, uh, did you guys hear about DeAndre Hopkins? This man's uh, open open. On the market, can go anywhere. Uh, I see that team. They'd be smart to sell them because you're going to need the draft capital. Because with the new head coach and the contract that you have Kyler Murray on, to me, you're looking at a three to four year outlook here. So I would absolutely trade DeAndre. You're going to get a first round pick for him. And to me, I see a lot of like an AJ Brown style deal. I don't think you'll get a first. Not anymore. He's over 30. I think that, like, you're looking at... Is that a star you're throwing up there, Austin? The Dallas Cowboys, baby. They could use him. They, I mean, that's... They could. That's a big team for him. Uh, I, you guys heard all the, the talk Patriots. about him going to the Patriots. Yeah. He's I'm been talking to Bill Belichick for, like, two seasons. And every me time Bill they Belichick might... won't trade a first for him? It's not that's a first. Definitely a you're never going to get a first. Yeah. Yes, you not will. anymore, dude. Not it anymore. You will. Bill Belichick, number one, doesn't value draft picks like that because he's that. not good at drafting. Look at number how he drafts. Well, he drafts two, good from Rutgers. Number two, 
it's DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, he's getting up there in age. He's pushing 30, but he still gives you elite production when on the field. And that is the one thing that the Patriots roster is missing. I, I think that's where he goes. I think he gets traded to the Patriots. I think they trade it first because that's one of those trades too, to where the Cardinals aren't going to say no. And the Patriots obviously are getting the guy they want out of it. They'll pay him whatever for a year or so. Randy Moss style deal. I mean, they did it for Randy back in the day. Now he, they signed him as a free agent, but Bill's not afraid to go after these guys. Like, you know, these top tier dudes off the market. I sometimes want to be in the round robin table with the point system and just give you a couple ticks there, you know? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Right? <laughs> I, I, I see uh, quite a few teams that need a fucking receiver really badly. I don't think that anybody's going to give a first for him, though. Just because of his age, his injury history over the last couple of years, he's a phenomenal productive guy, especially if you already have another person there. I see Dallas not wanting to spend a first, but if they can get away with a, a third or a second and a third or something like that, then having him on the other side of CD is going to just elevate the whole team. Like it's we're, the Cowboys in particular, we're becoming a really young team except for Dak Prescott and Zeke and our left tackles. So like other than that, we're pretty much on a rebuild. The Cowboys have the 27th concrete. pick. DeAndre yeah. Hopkins is absolutely better than any wide receiver you would get. Okay, and I'll, I'll take that. Nijigba? I'll take a 27th yeah. overall, but like next year's first as like an unknown first round pick is not worth it. Now, a 27th is basically a second no, round it would pick. Have, like I said, it would be A.J. Brown style deal, like possibly done the day of the draft. Like um, That's what I'm looking at. That type of thing. Like the Cowboys or somebody like Baltimore, somebody Ooh, is seeing these wide Baltimore. receivers go off the list real quick. And they want to jump up there and say, you know what? We'll take D hop for a couple years and let's get our quarterback a wide receiver. Baltimore really needs, he needs yeah. someone like that. I mean, especially with Rashad Bateman kind of stepping up a little bit last year and then getting hurt. I think it was like a foot or ankle injury, something like that. That's, that's another like CD lamb type where, you know, he could elevate him as a player just because he's on the other side of the field. Not even that, but with Lamar's accuracy, he just has the catch radius. Yeah. Fuck you. What? what? Dig on Lamar. Why did you take offense to that? Are you a (laughs) real fan? It's you. I'm I'm a Lamar fan. Who are you a fan of this week? (laughs) Lamar Jackson, baby. That's not fair. Austin's a fan of great players, mostly quarterbacks. When you've played against half the NFL, come on now. Half the NFL. Okay. Tim Tebow, Lamar Jackson, come on, bro, you name it. You did not play against Tim Tebow. No, I played with him. Thank you, thank you for correcting. <laughs> you that. didn't play with him. You went. You to went his to camp. a camp. You got coached no, by yes. Tim Tebow. With the guy. You got yeah, but coached. like we played together. You know what I'm saying? You got played coached by. Yeah, I saw Tyree kill in a stadium one time when I was there. Nah, watching it's a different, game. man. He different. said, "Yo, Austin, did you, you play got coached Tim Tebow? by Tim Tebow on how to throw the ball." I don't think that that's something that you should brag no, about, I, all right? I was the running aspect. Let's go with that. He's uh, to learn how to run the ball more. He's Derek Carr. Man, he's to scroll out of the pocket and get loose. Get is that right. what his problem is? Is that why he's not an MVP caliber quarterback? It's because of his legs. Hey, it is. The Jets, the Jets told him that if he wins a Super Bowl in New York, he's a first ballot Hall of, Hall of Famer. <laughs> 
I actually don't know if that's uh, totally false. You know, look at uh, look at your boy Vin. He'll get a statue for sure. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So, so what is like? What do y'all think's the best landing spot for like Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, and Jimmy G? Just because like they're the top three names out there. I think that for um, Rodgers specifically. He's got his number one wide receiver at a quarterback needy team that has the cap space. I mean, there's just so many reasons to go play for Las Vegas and so many reasons to not play for Green Bay anymore. I mean, why the fuck would you stay in an actual tundra whenever you could go to play in the desert? Like, in a dome. And I mean, they get weather i guess because it got like rainy or something they they, them in uh, la both of their new stadiums are really fucking weird because like it's a dome but like they still get affected by i think they can still open the top and like if you don't if like i'm pretty sure if they have to have like basically eight hours worth of notice as far as like the weather to be able to close it yeah so because they can't close it with people in the stadium Uh, and so sense yeah, so they've got to be able to close that with enough time. How does that make sense that they can't close it with people in the stadium? It's because not like if they can't screws fall out or something, yeah, shit I like mean, that. you know, oh. we're gonna hurt. But that's someone? just like, the player safety. Nobody cares about them. Well, yeah, until that owner gets popped with the lawsuit. <laughs> Did yeah. you guys hear about how FIFA is going to be coming to play over in the NFL stadiums, and that the like eight stadiums that the NFL is having FIFA play in that they're all going to get regular grass fields because of FIFA regulations are so much stricter than they are for the NFL. Good. Have they not seen how much we slip and slide over here on these grasses? That so did you make up for us? The sod father. Did you hear the story about that? About the sod father? About how this is his last year and how he was a Kansas city chiefs fan. And like, how he, you know, the Chiefs didn't have to change their uh, cleats all that often, but everyone on the Eagles changed their cleats. <laughs> I, I mean, thought that like, was the most media thing I've ever heard. And Roger Goodell cheering with Chris Jones after the game. It all adds oh, up, bro. Wow. There we go. So, it's rigged. So Colby gave Aaron Rodgers. Where do you think Derek Carr should go, Austin? To the Saints, New Orleans. That's going to be his best fit. I don't I know agree. if Kamara is going to be playing, but I do think the Saints, uh, they got some nice weaponry. Uh, Michael Thomas, I don't know if he'll be sticking around there. I think he has one year left on his deal. He's not a free agent yet. If he plays. Well, I mean, he should be healthy, but, you know, well, whatever. Uh, Chris Olave, though, of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, itself, Olave. looked great last year. He looks so good. So, I mean, that's, that's electric. Now, the Jets are a close second, but we talked about it before, like that you're comparing divisions at that point. I absolutely would rather play in a dome in the NFC South than play in New York in Buffalo in new England and have to deal with the AFC East. Just sounds more appealing. It does. Absolutely. I mean, why not take the, the easy shot whenever, honestly, he's been in one of the toughest divisions his entire career. The AFC West has never been easy. Like it's never been like, Oh, oh don't worry about that. Uh, they've, They've always had to deal with uh, Denver, and Denver's been just like such a solid defensive team for so many years now. Let alone just the Saints' defense would make me want to play for them. The Jets' defense was really good last year. They were top and five Robert Sala. Category. Robert Sala is like the fucking dude right now on defensive like minds. 
I I I think the Jets, the Jets. He's top five defensive line in the league. From a roster standpoint, the Jets are missing a quarterback. They yep. have a solid offensive line. They have potentially the best running back in football if he stays healthy next year. They have two solid young receivers with decent draft capital to be able to take some in like a decent receiver class this year. They've got every position, and their defense, like Justin said, was top five. I mean, uh, their defensive tackles and ends got way more love than anybody else in the league just because of how well they were playing just that one unit. So I, I think that based off of like the roster, the Jets is the best place for Derek Carr or um, Rodgers, but I don't think Rodgers is going to go there. I think that Jimmy is actually someone that we could see go play with the Jets because That's who he— I could see. He fills in a lot of the things that they would need. He manages the game really well, and that's really what they need more than anything is someone that can help them run the ball well and do the passing when they need it to. I would genuinely feel bad if Aaron Rodgers goes and plays for the Jets just because of the weather he's had to play in his entire career is shit. And would it feel bad because he would choose to do it? Yeah. I don't I think guess, he chooses yeah, that'd that be man. His choice, but he's also that's a lot of money, drugs. You know, a it's lot the money of money with a good defense, good offense. Pretty but much, like, there's a lot of things in it. Pretty much, everyone's gonna pay him. Like everyone sees Aaron Rodgers' yeah, value I think at he this goes point. To Vegas. I think yeah. Rodgers goes to Vegas. There's, it makes sense. It makes no sense not to just just go link up with Devontae. Like, why would you exactly not do that? Whenever it's you almost guys like know they you have the greatest connection. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's almost like go there. I'll see you in a year. Yeah, I'll see you next year. Yeah. Speaking of hopefully seeing people next year, apparently Sun God Amon Ra is trying to recruit Jalen Ramsey to Detroit. Now, I don't know why somebody would leave L.A. to go to Detroit, but that's out there. Like, he's trying to get out there. The rumors are out there. You know, it might be a possibility because, I mean, I would like to play for Dan Campbell. That'd be awesome. If you had to say what the absolute worst organization in football is right now, what would you say? Cleveland Browns. That's that's easy. That that's, was, that was that was an easy one. Uh, I think that the just because they've never there, been though. to the Super Bowl, like the, the Jags, Jags are there on the way that they Wait, manage what? their players, the way the organization is run itself, not last year's Jags, not last year's Jags, okay. the way that the organization's been run. They've been, they yeah. lost Miles Jack. They've it's, lost all their defensive guys. Every first rounder they've drafted in the, like the last five years is all playing somewhere else because no one wants me, to be there. They remind me in hockey of like an expansion team. That's what they seem like. They seem exactly. like well, they they were an expansion. I mean, they team, were at one point, but still, right now they seem like exactly. a newly expansion team. I feel like Detroit used to be viewed in that way, but that Dan Campbell has totally shifted all of that. So I see the Detroit being a place that a lot of people think looks real shiny and they want to go play next year because they see that it's a players coach that's really going to get behind them and like help them. Like that's what the fucking players want yeah i would absolutely love to play for him and apparently pe- people love to play for eric Bieniemy also and dude just cannot get a head coaching job so he makes a somewhat lateral move and goes and bees the oc for uh, the commanders next year and i mean i don't know maybe coaching waiting there behind ron rivera but I just don't understand why he's not getting a head coaching job at this point when there's so many other guys that like this year, three different hires completely shocked me. Jeff Saturday. He didn't get hired. Um, 
I think the the biggest thing is that people want to see him stand on his own two legs. He's been under the Andy Reid umbrella the whole this whole time. And look at Josh McDaniels as the perfect example of why you don't let someone immediately leave the nest and go and run their own ship because he's crashed every fucking ship that he's tried to run. However, Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson had no problem moving from under the Andy Reid umbrella and becoming first-time head coaches. Doug Peterson, solid, won a Super Bowl. Matt Nagy, terrible. And, and I think he'll that probably that's, be coming back there as OC as well. That's probably part of Eric Binnemi's, uh issue, though, is Matt Nagy, what he did with the Bears, everyone expected the Bears to just look like the Chiefs after a couple of years. And when they don't, it's like, oh, well, maybe Andy Reid's scheme isn't all knowing. I think that he's a phenomenal coach. He's been with fucking Andy for like six or eight years. So the guy's going to, if he has success this year with the Commanders, and if there was an offense that you wanted to go coach, that had weapons at running back, receiver. I mean, they don't have a really, really good quarterback, but they draft high enough that they should be able to sneak somebody in this draft that fits as something that they can do. Sam Howell, they already said he's QB1 next year. Really? They done yep. said it? Because he done beat it. the Cowboys? They're not worried about competition. They're going into the offseason with him knowing He's QB1, so he can prepare all offseason as QB1, which I'm a fan of the move. You drafted him I last year. Well, what are they doing with Carson Wentz? This backup uh, or trading no, him away? I, I, or? Think, I think that he only was on let a one-year deal with them. He, he's not think, under contract let anymore. Him go? Yeah, Someone I think you let him go. Him I mean, exactly. He's a veteran guy that's never – ever since he hurt himself on that MVP run, he's never looked like that. And everyone's kind of been paying him to look like that. I think that Carson will, uh, he'll fizzle out into a backup. A backup that might end up becoming a Geno Smith in a couple of years, where he gets another opportunity and he shines in a system that he's been in for three or four years without having to beat the guy. But he just not. looks too broken. He's too much exactly. of a country white boy to be, you know, get his gears all oiled up again. So the Giants absolutely need to keep Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley. They have to do it. They, it's not about want. It's it's not even need. They have to do it. I think they tag Saquon and re-sign Danny. However, he's wanting 45 mil a year, which is just fucking nuts. Danny? Um, yeah. Yes, Danny. exactly. The one year of a potentially good quarterback starter. I'll give and him now 5 he wants mil a year. 45 million. I think 35, 30, you know, even like 28, something in that range 18. would be. 18 is the most I would give that man. I think um, Tannehill probably gets 35. If we, like, I'm not, what? I'm not looking at it right now, but if like for the market. These quarterbacks are getting so overpaid. So if we're going by uh, spot racks uh, market value, it would be 26.2 mil a year. So he is 28. way off. Yeah, way off. I, I think that they have to keep him, but if he really if he's legitimately only going to take forty five mil, I mean, who the fuck's going to pay him that? The Saints aren't going to pay him forty five mil. Like, the Jets aren't going to just drop somebody and pay him forty five mil. Like, no one's got the cap space for this. That's in a position to do that. The only way it would happen is if the Giants did it, and they're never going to pay him that. Or if they do, they're going to fuck up hard. Yeah, you can't do that. Honestly, I call his bluff. I say, okay, go find that money somewhere else. Yeah, straight and up. And when you don't, 
come back and we'll negotiate like an adult, like actual adults. What's funny is that it's kind of like uh, whenever Kenny Galladay uh, was asking for all that fucking money a couple of years ago and the Detroit was like, all right, well, fucking go find it, dude. No one's going to pay you that. And then the one team that was willing to was the fucking Giants. So it, historically, they've made really bad decisions on roster things and they tend to overpay. 45 mil a year in three years isn't even going to be that much for a quarterback. It's just like, what kind of production are you going to be able to get for the next two years from your team if you have that much put into a quarterback that's Danny Dimes? If it was fucking Mahomes, that's different. He just won a Super Bowl basically by himself. Like, the dude is unstoppable. That's not Danny Dimes. Not yet. He's the white Lamar, Austin likes to say, but I, I don't see it yet. But you can't come off one good season like that and then mm -hmm. just try to ask for that good money. Because it, it, it was a good season as far as the seasons he's been having. But it's not like it was an amazing season by statistical standards. It wasn't a good offensive season. It was a great defensive season that that team had that kept them in games. Very true. Very true. Chargers had a really good defense that kept them in some games if Justin Herbert didn't throw a fourth-quarter interception. so No, no, no. Now you're getting it wrong. The Chargers were beat up all year long. They're losing, defense. but their defensive coordinator was super solid. And yeah, now Ronaldo Hill torn to pieces. Ronaldo Hill, their defensive coordinator, is leaving LA to come to Miami, work under Vic Fangio as the defensive passing game coordinator. He's taking a demotion to come work under Vic, which he's worked with him before. And I'm pretty sure Brandon Saley is also from the Vic Fangio tree, and he's worked with them. So there's that mutual respect as to why he allowed Ronaldo to go ahead and get out of his contract and stuff there. Um, but I mean, I, what do you think? First off, what do you think this means for the chargers defense? I mean, Austin, you said they were decimated with injury and stuff last year, but like I said, the scheme and everything like that was still solid enough to keep them in a lot of games. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. I, I do think that it's definitely good for the dolphins. You guys needed that. I agree. I mean, for what we can get from it, it's, it's, it's now having two defensive coordinator level talents in a room together, figuring out what they're going to be able to do against the opposing offense. Vic had a, um, a press conference today where um, Mike, uh, you know, he introduced him like, he, you know, who's our new defensive coordinator. And one of the things that he talked about was how, you know, his defensive scheme is all about what they give us. We want to beat them. It's not about we just run the scheme into the fucking ground and no matter what, we're running this scheme, which sounded like an exact dig on Josh Boyer from last year because that's what the Dolphins fucking did all year. This is our scheme and we're going to run it. And I love that we're going to have two guys like that for the Chargers. I think that it's, it's going to hurt them and that they're not... They've got great players, Derwin James, Khalil Mack, but if you can't put those guys in a position to succeed, they're not going to. So if they need to pick up somebody. I don't even know who's still available on the DC market um, for them at this point. No, it almost would have to be somebody internally or an up-and-coming, uh, you know, passing game coordinator, linebackers coach, somebody like that. It's almost like Ronaldo Hill sees that the, the writing is on the wall 
for the the organization that Brandon Saley's basically going to be out after this year anyways, and why the fuck am I going to stick around to have to find a job next year? I could go work under Vic, figure out all of these new coverages and these new schemes that he's running, and have a potential to go get a good job next year as a DC somewhere else. Exactly. So basically, you were saying, though, Justin, is uh, Chargers D might suck next year because, you know. I think it's going to take a major step back. I think if they go through another season like they just had with injuries left and right, they're <clears> going to be in a hurting. What definitely impressed me with uh, this man is who he acquired, who he brought into that that Chargers defense. He wasn't afraid to, you know, go after who he wanted, get some big names. I wish we could have seen more from Khalil Mack this year and the way that Von Miller immediately made that impact for the Bills weeks like one through six. I really wish that we could have seen Khalil make that impact. That's where I think that their defense actually struggled the most because De- Derwin James was lights fucking out most of the season. And the, when, the way that they played the Chiefs and shit, like it, it was that defensive line. I think that being in the system maybe a second year, figuring out what they're going to do. I mean, luckily it's the beginning of the off season. They got a long, long time uh, before they're going to have to make these decisions. Now, one decision I absolutely would make is the NFL needs to look at the XFL and the rules they've been having and seeing about implementing them into their system. Um, I mean, we talked about it pre-show the fourth and 15 conversion in the fourth quarter, instead of an onside kick, Absolutely, we would love to rather see that than an onside kick that 99% of the time doesn't work. And a 4th and 15 is not an impossible play. You can actually draw that up. Like, Mm -hmm. whether it's a fucking draw play. I mean, shit, there's so many things that you can use to get that type of yardage. I think that putting it in my offense's hands instead of my kicker's foot, I mean, that's what football is all about is offense and defense. I think taking the special teams away little by little sucks for the game in the long run but i like this small change there's regular kickoffs but for the onside kick now it's in my offense's hand well also their regular kickoffs the way they had it is the receiving team the blockers lined up on the 30 yard line okay your 30 yard line the kicking team the uh, gunners they lined up on your 35 yard line five yards apart and they can't, nobody can move until the ball is caught by the receiver. And as soon as the ball's caught, it's live action, it's ready to play. So is there like and, a whistle or something that gets blown to let the players know that they, like, the blockers that they can go forward? To be honest, not sure. I think, you know, they just, you're kind of looking back, waiting to see, okay, he's about to catch it. And you're also reacting on the return guys coming true, off the line. Because they can't come off till you catch it. But it takes away the you're sprinting full all the way down the field to just make an impact. Takes exactly. that away. The whole breaking the, the excitement um, of possibly breaking through the line. And that also like, I think kickoff returns would happen a lot more. Cause you really just got to find the hole break through a couple guys and you're gone. You don't have all of those guys on the back end, just waiting to chase you down. Yeah. I wonder what the percentages of kickoffs this year in football were in the NFL. Like probably actually fifteen percent got returned, like maybe at less. all. Yeah, I, yeah, probably and, less. And, and that was you, mostly because of weather. And if you take the touchback and you get it at the twenty-five, I believe only two teams in the entire league averaged returning the ball past the twenty-five yard line. 
So most teams were taking a net negative, just returning the ball. Just let exactly. it hit the end zone every time. Yep. That's where the good kickers, I feel like, are making a difference where they're trying to get the ball to hit right there at the two or the yep. three so that they have to kind of catch it or else it might bounce straight up. Like they could do something. You don't want it to be like that. And then you just yep. return it anyways. Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to be back in about 30 seconds. And then we've got our offseason outlook coming up for you. We got the Arizona Cardinals and the Indianapolis Colts. Give you all a quick breakdown on them and see what we think we should do. We'll see you guys on the other side. And welcome back. We're about to hit you guys with my favorite time of the offseason. It's looking over each team, seeing what hopefulness we have for them. We've got the Arizona Cardinals up first for you guys this week. We gave you the Texans and the Bears last week. Love doing it, so we're going to keep it going. Arizona Cardinals finished last year at 4-13. and They're going to be picking number three overall in this year's draft. They hired a Jonathan Gannon, Philadelphia's defensive coordinator from last season. As we discussed, no relation to Rich Gannon. Austin, I hope you at least, um, you know, went I in the Google homework. machine there. Yeah, yeah. You did some homework? Okay, do you yeah. do you know who Rich Gannon is now? Hell of a good quarterback, dude. Good. So All right, good. buddy. I, I'm proud of you. Good job. Hey. Uh, they, they're working with about $20.3 million in cap space. Free agents that they're working with this year, Kelvin Beecham, offensive tackle. Greg Dortch, wide receiver. He's a restricted free agent, so they can match any offer that's signed to him, and they'll get his rights. Uh, Cody Ford, offensive guard. Will Hernandez, offensive guard. Rodney Hudson, center. Uh, Nick Vigil, outside linebacker. Byron Murphy, cornerback. Zach Allen, defensive end. J.J. Watt, retired. And there's about three or four offensive guards that they also are losing. So it doesn't shock you when you see on their team needs, one of the top needs, offensive guard. So by retaining maybe a couple of those guys just to bring them back and, you know, fill those roster spots. They also need a cornerback, an edge, a defensive tackle, and a running back. Is uh, Will Hernandez the same Will Hernandez from Bussin with the boys? Uh, Maybe. He played in. He was uh, with the I Giants know, before. That's Will Compton. Oh yeah, that's Compton. Will Compton. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Shout out. Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> They've got seven draft picks coming up this year. They've got the third overall in the first round. Second round, they've got the thirty-fourth overall. Third, third round, they got the sixty-sixth overall. Fourth round, they have the one hundred fifth. Fifth round, they have the 169th. In the sixth round, they have pick 180 overall and pick 213 overall. All right, boys, I laid it out there for you. What do you think, and where do you think the uh, the Cardinals need to go with their priorities this offseason? I think they done fucked up by their head coaching job. That man is a freaking buffoon. Did you guys see his... Uh, oh, the... his... <laughs> Yeah, what what the hell is he doing? No, what are you talking about? Bro, seeing that video completely out of context into whatever other conversation those two have ever had, that was the weirdest shit. Like, it just made no sense. So what what video? He was introducing himself to all of the players, and it just was hilarious. Like, he just looks like a goofball. He is a goofball. 
Is he yes. young? He, like he 30s seems or pretty, 40s? He, he gave me more like just super excited to fucking be there. So like it didn't get me, it didn't rub me too weird, but he just gave me like, I'm just fucking pumped to have this chance. I think that it's funny that we're talking about the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, uh, Eric Bieniemy. Now we're talking about the defensive coordinator for Philly. We're going to talk about their offensive coordinator later. Super Bowl teams, coordinators just get hired as head coaches or get put into great positions other places. Like it's it's a little bit crazy well, to me. That's the thing is like I don't believe the Eagles are battle tested, and then they show up to Super Bowl and they get fucking beat. Like what do you? By how three. did he get with the last by second three? Field goal. Uh, yeah, well they should have already had three on the board. That, so that's not their fault. They're <laughs> still letting last the Chiefs. It's but if you break down the film and watch what the defense did to allow those moments of the Chiefs' offense to excel, like they left so many big open plays. There was two big broken open plays. So there were seventeen total offensive possessions in the Super Bowl, fourteen of which ended in a score. Between both teams. So both defenses really didn't show up for the Super Bowl. I do think it's funny that the Philly DC is the one that's getting a job. I think their offensive coordinator absolutely deserves a fucking job. After what he made their offense look like last year with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders. Like These players are, are solid players, but none of them are all-star fucking potential. And they all looked like it last year. Philly's defense had a much better roster. And for them to be the the weakness in the Super Bowl, like that sucks. What's up? Did that defense or the offensive coach for the Eagles not get signed to the Colts? Yeah, he did. We'll talk did. about him here. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about yeah, him. Yeah, well, you were, you just. But said no, 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 I'm something. saying that it's it's weird that the DC for the Philly is even getting a head coaching job, and in a lot of ways, I think Arizona is a lot more desirable of a place to be a head coach right now than the Colts. Like, he got a much better job. He has to fill some defensive needs, and he has to fill in his offensive line. But you already have your your core piece in Kyler Murray. You have DeAndre Hopkins. You can trade him away if you want to, but you absolutely don't fucking have to. And then you still have a decent running game. Like, their defense is the biggest area of need, and that's what he's going to be there for. That's why he got hired. We can compare I, after, but based off of what Justin said, there's way too many needs, and there's too many players that they're losing like this this these are all seems like a serious rebuild this isn't people that they absolutely have to get rid of these are just players that like are available and if you go through the name like greg dorch cody ford will hernandez rodney hudson is the first name that we said that was an actual pro bowler player that has to get re-signed and he's old and as he's, fuck he's 34 hey, 35 yeah. Greg dorch had a year last year now greg dorch is no, not i'm and he's a restricted free agent so they can sign him to whatever anybody else decides to pay him if someone else says we're going to give him six mil they'll be like yeah we'll give him six mil and then they just get to keep him so they have a lot of potential. That's what I mean. Like, Kelvin Beecheman, their offensive tackle, losing their center and their two guards, like, that hurts. But if they can fill those things in with this draft, they have seven picks. They've got three picks in the early, th you know, rounds for the first three rounds. I think that you can fill in those positions right there. And they have... The quarterback, dude, that when we start to talk about the Colts, we're going to talk about all these things that they can do. But if they can't figure out the fucking quarterback position, there's nothing that they can do. Yeah, but that's that's their only question mark. That's the thing. That's my big thing with them is if you can get a guy, you're, you're set. You have all the other pieces around you. 
I mean, sometimes, you know, you got people like Brock Purdy that come in and they make you question every decision you've ever made on why you drafted somebody. But then you, you know? look at the system that Shanahan's in and all the things that Purdy had going for him, and you say, well, do the fucking Arizona have that? No, they don't have any of that. They don't have a Debo or a fucking um, Kittle. They don't have anything close to that. So I, I think that this team has – they have the needs, right? Cornerback, offensive guard, edge, defensive tackle, and running back. And that's if they were to sign all of their free agents. That's why they don't have center and offensive guard as a need because if they sign these guys, well, they have guard because they're losing, like you said, what, four or five guards? They're, lo they're losing, like, all of them. Yeah. So that's where, like, you know, my perfect offseason for them, I would re-sign Rodney Hudson and Will Hernandez. I would go into free agency. I would pick up Jameel Dean and Cameron Sutton, two corners right off the free agent market. And then if you can turn around in the draft, because quarterbacks are most likely going one and two, uh, predicting a trade-up, if you can get out of the draft with Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, then come back around and take Nolan Smith from Georgia or Isaiah Folksy from Notre Dame, lock down the edge position, and then in the third round come back and get somebody like Zach Charbonnet or Eli Ricks to have a developmental corner for you in the third round, that would be a home run off season for them, for me. And they're, they're going to need wide receivers as well. So, I mean, in the draft, if you're, unless you're looking at taking one super early, which to me, there's not one worthy of that third overall pick in this draft. No, this year. absolutely not. And it, trading out of that pick could be a potential as well to get one of those second tier edge guys and then take, you know, not getting a Will Anderson and instead trading out of the third pick. It's going to depend on what happens with those first two. If someone gets taken number one overall and they don't trade out, they might end up trading that uh, third pick to get a quarterback in right there. And we talked about, you know, Philly's DC. He saw what Philly did with AJ Brown last year. We talked about it earlier. If Deandre Hopkins during the draft, they get a trade up, and somebody wants to offer that first round pick for him out there and you come into the draft and you see, okay, no problem. We can trade away DeAndre Hopkins and take that first round pick and turn it into somebody like Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers, or Josh Downs. To me, that's okay. Because if you're going to lose the guy anyways, you might as well get the pick worthy of a first round guy. And all three of those guys have game changing uh, potential in the right offense. So we're going to get to talk about the Colts right after. And like I said, the Colts, they have to fill that most necessary position. They could trade all eight of their fucking draft picks to move up to the number one overall and take the best quarterback available. And I still think... That if that guy doesn't become Joe Burrow, they're not going to, like, that's the issue. I think that Kyler makes not having a great offensive line not that big of an issue. He's still so young and so quick, and he's so capable. The, the knee injury was a non-contact injury. Like, you can't say that he got hurt because of his offensive line. He got hurt because of fucking turf, which sucks. Well, now, it's because of what he does with his legs. And it didn't even take a, a contact injury to provoke that injury he got. So with so, that I mean, injury, though, Kyler's going to be out for, you know, probably the first 10 weeks of the season, if not more. Which is who, fine. Because you guys who want, they you want at, to suck. Who do they look at in free agency, in your opinion, then? Like Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, Taylor Heineke? 
Carson uh, Wentz. Jameis. Jameis Winston. Uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, Jameis Gardner Winston's Minchin. probably going to be available. Gardner. Eh. I don't know if uh, if he's going to be able to fill. I think that they have Gardner to make a Minchin move. Gardner Minshew was Philly's backup quarterback last year. But he's going to have to be the starter for the most part. Like, okay. you're bringing him in knowing that they're going to have to start. I think that Carson at, like, $20 million for one season or $14 million, uh, doing, like, a Jay Cutler deal that the Dolphins did whenever they were in kind of a stopgap year, something like that would make a lot of sense. Matt Ryan needs a home. Uh, Matt Ryan's retired and wearing a suit on national television already. That oh, he retired? Fucking- yeah, he's he's done. Uh, he after, the Colts, he's, after the Colts, after the Colts last official, game, but he started being he a broadcaster. Well like he's already sitting at the table. All right, so. so that's that's just let's just keep that rolling. We got the Colts on our mind here, so let's get into the Colts real quick with a rundown. Twenty twenty two record was four twelve and one. They tied that very first week versus the Texans and. That just kind of gave you an outlook on how their season was going to go. We talked about it. They got Phillies OC Shane Steichen. And then they went out and it was reported today that they got a new OC as well. in Jim Bob Cooter. Best name in football. Cooter. Peyton Manning's ex-backup at the University of Tennessee. So Peyton Manning absolutely will give his kudos for Jim Bob on that one. Guaranteed Jim called him about it. Said, hey, what's up? Uh, they've got, they're working with about twenty seven point eight million in cap space, top ten in the league there as far as money to spend. Top free agents for them, Yannick and Gawkway is the number one for them. Defensive Big. end, Big. huge, huge. I, if they can bring them back, I think they should. But I don't know if they'll spend the cap on them. I don't not in the, where they're going. Um, Paris Campbell, wide receiver, he's out there. Honestly, Cardinals might need to take a look at him. Taekwon Lewis, defensive tackle, Rodney McLeod, free safety, Bobby Okariki, outside linebacker, and Amani, Amani Watts also is a swing safety for them. Also, keep a lookout because some potential cap uh, casualties. DeForest Buckner for them, that would save them roughly... 19.8 mil. 19.8 mil. Jesus. So, yeah, he's probably going to be gone... Ryan Kelly saves them another $8 million, and Kenny Moore also saves them another $8 million. Kenny Moore would be the one that I'd be willing to bring back because he is one of the top slot corners in the league. Yep, and $7.5 mil is not a lot that you're saving for him. Uh, you're probably going to pay him out like 9 or $10 mil on his contract. I think that that's worth it for something like that. Slot, slot corners, the nickel corner is one of the most pos- – like important positions on a defense in the modern NFL, because that's what covers the whole inside of the field. Like besides the linebackers, that's the only guy in there. Yep. So they're going into the draft this year. They're going to be looking for quarterback, offensive tackle, wide receiver, edge and tight end. Now, uh, what, who's the tight end for them that just broke out randomly every, like every other week. The mountain. Uh, Jelani Woods. Oh, no, no, no. But he that's their backup. Mo Ali Cox, though. Man's a mountain. Yeah, but Jel- like Jelani Woods was the one that yeah. was just randomly popping off every other week last year. He's a so, mountain, too. He stands seven foot tall. So I don't know if tight end, that's where it is on the bottom of their list. And their draft picks, they're working with eight picks this draft. They've got pick number four overall in the first round, 35 overall in the second round. 79. Yeah, what's the, the rest third? of those say, Colby? It's 79 in the third. 
Uh, it's 106 in the fourth. In the fifth round, they have 140 and 164. And in the seventh round, they have 223 and 238. All right. Basically so scratch three of those picks. Yeah. Five picks in the top 150. And with the cap space you have, they, like you said earlier, they've got pieces there. You've got Jonathan Taylor. You've got Michael Pittman. You've got uh, Shaq Leonard on your defense still. Like, you've got guys there. So, I mean, I don't think there's too much that, like you said, we've talked, the quarterback is the main thing they have to hit on. Whether they stay at four and wait for one to fall to them or if they trade up to take one. But like you said, if you trade up and you're giving up all those future assets, you better fucking hit it. I think Shane Steichen is getting a lot of credit for Jalen Hurts doing what he did uh, and being able to progress in the way that he did so early into his career and then building a system that works around him. The the whole um, scrum play that they ran like 10 times in the Super Bowl where they're just going for fourth and one, third and ones. Like I think that Shane had a lot to do with that. If he can bring that to the Colts, the Colts are going to be whoa, a great whoa, team, whoa, whoa, even whoa. with a mediocre whoa. quarterback. Jason, if he does that, Jason Kelsey had a lot to do with that. <laughs> the well, he's the, come on, he, now. he might be why it's so popular. But I think but that if, if he's going for exactly that, you're going to have to look at Anthony Richardson, like, and maybe possibly move back in the draft then, because Which you're not is, taking Anthony Richardson at four. No, but he would be the one that if you're looking for a Jalen Hurts type. He's Jalen Hurts plus an extra two to three inches and 20 pounds of muscle. Yeah. That's interesting. So you can see that they're going to be looking to scout someone like that, like Jalen Hurts' caliber. I think so. I think that they're going to – because it's easy, right? Uh, Lamar Jackson showed it that you can turn over your whole offense and in one year have an MVP caliber player that has one of the best seasons that we've seen from the position in football because they're young and fast and capable of taking the hits and being running back at quarterback position. It's easy for a new head coach going into a – I need to win. It's Indianapolis, bro. They're not going to be okay with losing. They had Peyton into Andy Luck. Like, their fan base tears apart anybody that doesn't win. So, something like that, you might be able to win by next year uh, if you can build a system around that guy. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor. That's a system you can build around in itself. And he's so young, you have to take advantage of him now. Like, he only has a, a very limited amount of time. I think DeForest Buckner, the $19 million that they're going to save from him, means that they can re-sign Yannick Ngakwe, and that's huge. I think that they absolutely have to sign this guy. He is a top-tier defensive end, and you can't get that for free, even in the draft. My big thing with them trying to get him, though, is what they're going to have to pay him. And if you're trying to, you know, rebuild this roster, essentially, not a full rebuild, but, you know, there are some things you have to do here. That money can be allocated somewhere else. Because, I mean, there's still, if you look at the draft in the second round, because they're taking a quarterback with their first round pick. So you just forget that. You have to. But in the second round, I mean, hell, you, if they can take B.J. Ologilari, Nolan Smith, Isaiah Foxy, uh, Kalea Chansey, I mean, there are guys here that they can take. They're obviously not going to give you Yannick Ngakwe production off the rip, 
But I mean, there are guys that you can replace with the youth and you're getting them on a rookie contract, which is always a benefit. And I mean, also, if you look at their other needs too, like to me, offensive tackle is probably more important. Wide receiver is probably a little more important because they need a slot guy. Like they need somebody to work inside of Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce. Harris Campbell has to be gone. You know, I mean, we're talking about like, and we've brought his name up a lot and we're just going to continue it because he's probably the best one out there. If you're looking for a rookie quarterback, Mike Jazicki, Dalton Schultz, like those guys, that might be a main target for them in the offseason here. That's a good call. That's a very good call. Because you're going to need that safety net. You're going to need that athletic guy to get it done. Dalton Schultz gives you more blocking than Mike Jazicki will, obviously. But Mike Jazicki's going to give you wide receiver talent at the tight end position. So, I mean, if you're going with the Philly style of the run game, Schultz probably mirrors a little more what Godert gives you versus, Goddard. you know, Goddard, Godert, whatever. <laughs> I, I I think that the uh, Cowboys resign Schultzy. I think that yeah, if you yeah, guys just too good to let don't him go. resign him long term, that you at least um, tag him. I mean, he's he's the, again. They tagged him last year. Yeah, yeah. I think That's yeah, they him again. Deal. yeah, but then that means you're and letting Tony Pollard great, walk. So, but that, why does that have to be a thing? Cowboys ta- isn't real. I would tag Tony Pollard. I mean. I am always saying cap space is a myth, but there it are is. times where cap space becomes a thing to where you a are hurdle. too far. You're t- if you're too far off in your negotiations, then it's no longer a myth. Like it does become a problem, but there are ways to work the cap as far as how you want to structure the contract. Like, a lot of times okay, let's the put player has your... to be malleable though. If the player isn't exactly. willing to work with the, the team and they're like, nah, straight cash homie like then it's it's not gonna work out that's just how it is i don't reckon jerry jones pocketbook has any cap on it <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh, uh, hey that's a good call jerry, jerry paying him under the table that's what jerry wants to do it's his hey, money that's it's all it's saying, jerry's you know? world you know what i'm saying jerry wants <laughs> to win a super bowl he'll do what he needs to do Exactly. But I mean, also like while we're looking at it too, like just while I've got it pulled up, I mean, yes. Okay. You're going to lose Yannick and And so you're going to need another edge to replace him or defensive in there. And I mean, you've still got Jadavian Clowney's going to need somewhere to play because he's not returning to Cleveland. Matthew Ioannidis out of Carolina. He had a really solid season last year as well. Larry Ojanobi out of Pittsburgh. He's a solid guy for you. He's still young. Cleland Farrell, he's still really young. Like, he's got something to prove. And, I mean, Yannick came over from the Raiders. Cleland might want to follow in his footsteps, go to the Colts, and reignite his career a little bit. So there are guys to replace him with that aren't going to demand the salary that Yannick is going to demand. Because, I mean, right now his market value is top tier. I mean, it's got to be top five money, if not, like, trying to make him the most... It's it's fourteen point eight million a year is right now what his projected market value is, and he'll probably get signed for more. Yeah, sixteen to eighteen because he'll get oversigned. He, that's the type of player he is. How well, many years is the bidding wars and shit like that too? How many years is Devonte Adams tied up in uh, Las Vegas? I think he, is it a couple? His first season, he's got two or I three think it was a five seasons. total, so four more. Wow, yeah. damn. Okay. 
I was going to say, if there's any way that he could get over to the Colts and A-Rod goes to the Colts, like that's just a perfect landing spot for both of them. That's all the Colts really need is a quarterback, a wide receiver like that. They get some positions in the draft. Boom, Colts aren't deal. trading the number four overall perfect. pick for Aaron Rodgers, though. Yeah, it's not just that. I think the that Packers that, want multiple well, that's the type first of round picks you for Aaron Rodgers. If, if they had more cap space, if they were like the Bears and they had like $114 million in cap space, I think that they yeah, could but, make plays like that all day long. But yeah, they but A-Rod's afford, not going to want to play for the Bears. No, no, but what I'm saying is that like with their roster, they can't afford Aaron Rodgers and Devontae it's, Adams at this point. No, I get that, yeah. And they're lucky that they have Michael Pittman and Alec uh what was his Pierce. last name? Pierce. Pierce. Uh, white boy, six foot four, played great. So, like, the two of them is already solid. Like, like you said, they have to get rid of Paris Campbell. He was supposed to be something and never was for his whole career. He's always been injury prone. Like, he's just, he's never going to be able to do it. I think that the offensive line needs to be their biggest priority because they have to hit on quarterback. Once they hit on quarterback, they fill up the offensive and defensive line. You worry about wide receiver and tight end potentially next year. Like after you get a whole year with your guy in the system, especially because they're getting the perfect opportunity. They're getting an offensive-minded head coach with a new offensive coordinator going into a, a rebuild where they get to draft their quarterback. Matt Ryan is not going to stay. And even if he did, oh, they're... No. That's not their guy. So but they get that, to pick whoever uh, the fuck they want. Are the Colts ready for a rebuild? Or, or are they in a position where they should get a veteran quarterback in? I don't and, think. I think that they've tried it for so the last two or three seasons. Yep. It yeah, is not but working. old veteran quarterbacks. I'm talking about getting a, like a top-tier quarterback. Like who? Like so, who? Lamar Jackson. They can't afford Again, him. They're not going to trade him. Someone $27.8 million, they can't afford to pay Lamar Jackson. They have to Justin draft a Fields. rookie quarterback, and they need him to fucking... I mean, that's not a bad call. But they're trading the, the number four overall for Justin Fields doesn't feel good to me. Doesn't like, whenever... <laughs> you have so much untapped potential in this draft class compared to what you know out of Justin Fields. The fact that the Bears are even trying to get rid of him terrifies me. It makes me not even want to touch him. That, it's like draft I, day. I think that's all rumors and shit just to up the bidding war for that number one overall pick because if teams think, oh, shit, if the Bears trade Justin Fields, they might want to take a quarterback and then they might steal this guy. So we need to offer them enough that they'll be like, oh, shit, okay, let's take this trade instead and we'll keep Fields. It's all a ploy. I, I, I like say, that. That's smart. Draft season is lying season. It's Every true. single rumor you hear is not true. Every single draft rumor for the Miami Dolphins that has come out in the last four years Every one of them is false. I've been told the Dolphins are taking a running back early in the last three drafts, and it never happens. And I wanted Jonathan Taylor. I wanted Travis Etienne. I wanted Najee Harris. I wanted Brian Robinson. I wanted Javante Williams. There's so many dudes that I have wanted that are whenever, balling out in the league right now. Whenever Denver traded up one pick before us in the second round to take Javante Williams, that was the most pissed that I'd been. After you like guys some... missed Najee. Like, <sighs> we didn't miss him. Missed Na- Javante Na- Williams was the better pick, think, and we could have got him in the second. I think, honestly, I think Denver saved Dolphins Twitter by doing that 
because I don't think we would have drafted him in anyways because Javon Holland was so high on Flores' board True, at the time. and honestly, I'm excited what Vic's going to do. They would have guy. exploded if Javante was on the board and we passed on him. So yeah. I think Broncos did us a favor as far as mm. Dolphins' Twitter was concerned. Well, then that's just like the Jets traded up uh, to pick up um, the dude this year. Brees Hall. Yeah, they took Brees Hall uh, a couple picks before us. Before yeah. we had the opportunity, so it's every fucking year. Uh, the be- the best guy that we like goes a couple picks before us. I think, and my whole philosophy on running backs is you draft them young and you get fucking lucky. You don't worry about taking the guy that costs a whole lot of money, cap space, fucking pick. Like fuck all that. Second, third round guy. Give me Alvin Kamara, dude. The guy was like a third or fourth round pick. Give me like, Isaiah Pacheco. Fifth round pick. Yeah. Let's go. There you they go. happen all the time. So yep. I don't need the first rounder. I don't need to build my whole team around Jonathan Taylor. I'd rather have Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and fucking Tua Tonga by Low. So Shut up. but <laughs> come on now. I think the Colts are gonna mess up if they don't get those top two quarterbacks or Justin Fields. There's three quarterbacks that I need to see on the Colts next year. It's CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, or Justin Fields. Well, it's like, not gonna be Fields. one of those. It'll be well. CJ. I'm just saying, it's definitely an option. It's if like a possibility trade, that they can they, give up everything. Well, even if they do trade up, I wouldn't be shocked. But if they don't trade up, you just need to be prepared. It's going to be CJ Stroud on the Colts next year, which is fine. That, I, like, that's what I want. I want yeah. that for the Colts. Yeah. Like for the Bears, I want CJ Stroud there. Like I'm just a fan of CJ. I just think that he's the most talented quarterback coming out of the draft. I agree. I agree. So uh, you guys got anything else for the f- uh, for the fans before we head out tonight? No, sir. Any words of wisdom? Any, any tips? Don't eat yellow snow? Anything like that? Nothing? All right. Well, hey, we appreciate you guys. <laughs> if you hang around to this point in the show, we love you all. Make sure to keep a lookout for next week. Like I said, we're going to be previewing the Seahawks and the Lions. Uh, so, uh, you know, Dan Campbell in the Motor City and Geno Smith coming back to Seattle. We'll see what happens there. Follow us on Twitter at Coach underscore PFP, at Austin underscore PFP, and at Hulk underscore PFP. We love you guys. Have a great fucking week. We'll see you again. Peace. Peace out.